0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Doug Plagins is the radio voice for the Florida Panthers. You can hear the Panthers tonight. 96.5 FM HD2. Plagins will be on the call. Buffalo is in town and Plagins is at FLA Live Arena. And today also happens to be National Trading Card Day. And we know Doug is an avid collector of trading cards. And I think we came to this conclusion. He's the world's most renowned collector of Channing Crowder trading cards. (laughs) Right? He's special. He's waiting until it blows up. Right? Uh, Plagans, you have more Crowder trading cards, uh, I would imagine, than anyone on the planet.
2: Yeah, I've never cornered a market before in my life. So I'm going to try and corner that one. (laughs) Doug, it's a genius move.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're trying to corner it. I think you've already <laughs> cornered it. We'll we'll talk about it in a second. So uh Panthers play tonight. There there was some serious news which uh which came out earlier in the show, which Spencer Knight is gonna be unavailable, it seems like for a, a long period of time. And and the way that the the press release was worded leads me to believe that it's Fairly serious, probably personal, and uh, my guess would be mental health related. Um, do you have any other info on uh, on what's going on with Spencer Knight?
2: Uh, I I don't have anything additional from uh, just the the press release and and uh, what's out there. But this is a guy that's got a, an extremely uh, bright future uh, as. As a Florida Panther and as just a, a professional hockey goaltender, and uh, he's always been mature beyond his years. And uh, and again, I can't say enough about the the uh, quality of individual that uh, that Spencer Knight is. So uh, again, I know that uh, he'll uh, he'll do whatever work uh, is uh, is necessary. And this is a guy that, like I said, he's he's got an outstanding future in the game. So uh, again, uh, just uh, you know, hopefully we we'll see him back in uh, back in uniform uh, as uh, you know as soon as. That that's uh, that's possible.
3: Yeah, Doug, and you like I said, hope Spencer you know figures it out, and you know we'll we'll pray for him. But on the ice, what happens? Are they just going to ride with Bob and Lion, or do they go find somebody? How do they how do they figure this out on the depth chart?
2: Well, you know, I think right now it's been uh, it's been pretty much determined that. Uh, Sergey Bobrov- Bobrovsky's been outstanding, and he was going to run with the uh, with the goal crease, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future here. Anyways, the way the schedule lines up, uh, you know, you want we're at the point in the year where if one guy gets hot, you kind of want to roll with him, and uh, and that's where the Panthers are right now. And Sergey Bobrovsky's played like the uh, you know bona fide number one that he is, and that's why I've said as far as this playoff race is concerned for the wild card, you've got probably six teams battling for two spots. Of the six teams that are battling for those two spots, I'd say that the Panthers and the Islanders are the two that have the best chance to make a run uh, once they get into the playoffs. And that's because of goaltending and Sergei Bobrovsky is a guy that can, can put a team on his back. So uh, again, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky's played like number one, there are gaps in the schedule. So you're not going to have to, uh, you know, really uh, run him into the ground workload wise. The Panthers had such a heavy first half schedule and first 50 game schedule that things are kind of balancing out now as far as the, uh, you know, uh, as far as the schedule is concerned. So uh, there's a chance for, for uh, Sergey Bobrovsky to just take the ball and run with it. Alex Lyon, uh, you know, he's, he was great for the Panthers, did exactly what they needed him to do and, uh, and more during the six straight games that he played in uh leading up to uh, of course the all-star break he went three two and one over those six games he was outstanding so he's he's a total pro he'll be able to come in here and and do whatever's asked to him but uh it's it's sergey wabrowski's goal crease right now and um and as i said uh, you know he'll be able to to just run with it here and he's been great
1: so can you explain to everybody what the playoff picture is right now where the panthers stand and and where you think things could be headed
2: well, it's uh, it's crowded right now. This wild card race and this is the total opposite of what we had in the Eastern Conference last year. If you remember back to last season, around the turn of the new year, we knew the 8 teams that were going to be in. It was just a matter of what order were they all going to finish. Well, this year, you've got currently the Islanders occupying the number 1 wild card spot. And I should I should preface it with this. The teams currently top three in each division, they look pretty entrenched. The orders could change, but they look pretty set in stone as to who those teams will be. Boston, Toronto, Tampa, and the Atlantic, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers in the Metro. As far as the uh, wild card is concerned, you've got the Islanders in wild card one, the Red Wings currently in wild card two. The Panthers have the same point total as the red-hot Detroit Red Wings, but... The Panthers have played three more games, so uh, that's the number that they need to even out there. So uh, that's part of why it's crowded. The Penguins are a point back of the Panthers, but the Penguins have also played three fewer games than the Panthers. Buffalo is two points back of the Panthers and two points back of Detroit, who has that second wild card. The Sabres, who the Panthers play tonight, they've played four fewer games. Than the Panthers, so that's why tonight's game is so huge. It's a chance to take one of those games in hand right out from under the Buffalo Sabers. If the Panthers were to uh, not get the two points tonight, if they were to lose this game, really in any fashion, if they if they give up a point to the Buffalo Sabers tonight, uh, Buffalo, then you're in a situation where the Panthers will need to, to get a little bit more help to try and bump off the uh, the sabers but you've also got washington hanging around although they might be uh they might be falling off a little bit here and then the ottawa senators who are surging a bit and we'll see if it's too little too late for their their surge but this is exactly what the national hockey league wants you've got six maybe seven teams uh racing for two spots it's going to be a heck of a sprint to the finish
3: and Doug, oh, Anthony Duclair is coming back tonight. Yes. You're speaking about this race they're having. What does he add to this team to get us in front of that race? Well, he's
2: got speed on the wing like uh, not many teams have. So just the the fact that he can bring that speed dimension to the lineup, that's huge for the Panthers. Uh, they'll be able to get that into the lineup. And he comes back at a a great time, not just because, you know, this is like a trade deadline acquisition, getting a guy of that caliber, a guy that scored 30 goals last season, to be able to plug him into the lineup now. But it's – it 's a, a big ad now for the Panthers as well, because tonight for this big game uh, Barkov and bennett aren't uh, aren't going to be out there, so uh, they 're not in tonight because uh, they 're still still dealing with uh, with uh, being nicked up so those two won't be in. Uh, you hope they'll be back in for Tuesday in Tampa since the Panthers' schedule does lighten up here a little bit, chance for guys to to rest some bumps and bruises here. But uh, Anthony Duclair getting back in there, not just great to be able to add him into the lineup because of the quality of player he is, but great to add him back into the lineup because the Panthers are going to be without a couple of key cogs tonight.
1: So today is National Trading Card Day. Doug Plagan's radio voice for the Florida Panthers is an avid collector it's not is it just cards or you collect all kinds of memorabilia
2: I'm a big memorabilia guy I was so I started as a I started in cards uh, back I, I still remember my grandma got me a cello pack of 1989 Topps baseball cards at the grocery store and, uh, when I was four years old. And uh, that was my first pack of cards that I remember my dad got me my first hockey cards. Uh, they were on the at the checkout counter at seven eleven when I was five and uh, and I've really just been a junkie uh, you know on and off throughout my entire life on on trading cards. But I did go hard into the memorabilia world, uh, probably I'd say late nineties early 2000s when I was like late teens, early twenties um, you know so I've always had a big a big affinity for that stuff. but uh, there's something and I think you're starting to see a lot of this kind of, I guess the big question I always had was, Are as the world gets more electronic and more digital and more instantaneous and and things like that, are are younger generations still going to take to it and maybe be as nostalgic as as my generation is? Because I, I think, 80s and 90s kids I think are by nature just very nostalgic and I don't know if it's maybe because of the point in, in life that we all are right now but uh, there was a big card boom that we all experienced and I think a lot of the card hobby is fueled by nostalgia but I can tell you right now I've been to some huge card shows in recent years and the crowd's getting the crowd's getting younger and it seems like you know a lot of a lot of kids teens I've never actually never seen so many kids so active in different ways in the hobby. And I think in some ways the the digital age that we're in and the social media age that we're in has given so many people different outlets to be able to show off their stuff and, and get to build that collecting community. I, I think it's actually – that's part of why I think you've seen, uh, you know, some of the younger generation take to it maybe more than I would have ever expected that, uh, that they would have. So it's, it's really been cool to see, and it's also become an extension – of whether you you have your hobbyists that just collect, you have your people that get into into it for the for the quick flips and almost play it like a day trading game. You've got your people who almost look at it as an extension of fantasy sports, and you've got your people that look at it as almost like an asset class. Because I'll tell you what, uh, you know, as as values of certain th- and I'm not a financial advisor by any means, but as the values of certain things fluctuate, uh, you know, high end vintage collectibles of uh of some of the of household names you know whether it's Michael Jordan Mickey Mantle guys like that uh those values seem to have been pretty safe over the years on some of that stuff so there are a lot of different ways to collect and uh, and it's just been something that I've really enjoyed over
3: time hey Doug at these trading card shows is it a sausage fest because it doesn't seem like some a woman would be a part of Tell you what,
2: that it's uh, as time's
3: gone on,
2: it's it's been really cool to see that not only, as I said, not only has the crowd gotten younger, and you're seeing more kids involved, but you are seeing uh, more women get into it as well. And I think the as you know, the same can be said for for all extensions of sports fandom really but uh, but you go to these different card shows and it's it's really cool to see there are a lot of uh, a lot of women who've taken to the hobby and uh, you know it's uh, not telling you anything you don't know you go to a card show it is still going to be uh, probably predominantly guys and you know there's probably a good number of the of the women that are there that maybe their uh, their their husband or their boyfriend dragged them there and said hey we, we got to stop here for a few minutes but uh, but I think it's it's been really cool to see more more women venture into the hobby and uh, and I, I, I can tell all of them if there's uh, if there are any women out there who are thinking, you know, maybe this this trading card stuff looks fun. I like sports. Maybe that's something I want to dabble in. It's a welcome community. It's a welcome place. Come check it out.
1: What is the single most valuable trading card that you own?
2: That I own. Is it's it's my Michael Jordan rookie, my my '86 Fleer Michael Jordan rookie, and I, I really love that set '86 Fleer basketball. It's just uh, it was kind of a game changer, um, but uh, but for me personally, it's uh, that's that's my most valuable. But if I had to look at like the cards that are the most sentimental and nostalgic for me. Shaq was the first player that I ever made a, made a point of collecting. Like I'm going to collect this guy's cards because when I was seven and I saw him rip the whole backboard and shot clock down, I thought that was just the most badass thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. So I was like, I'm going to I'm going to collect this guy's cards. And to this day, he's still you know I, I find myself still going back to the classics and uh, and I just I love picking up Shaq cards. That I, I just picked up a Shaq card this week that I. I had wanted since i was like eight years old that uh you know that's part of part of what's cool about getting older and having a little bit of discretionary income is that you can go back and uh, conquer those those collecting uh, those card white whales if you will that you, you never thought you'd be able to get that now you can but uh but yeah i i still t- find myself gravitating toward toward shack and peyton manning and uh stuff like that the guys that were always my favorites but uh but i do like the new stuff too there's so much cool new stuff out there and um, yeah, it's just it's just been a lot of fun, and it's one of those things. It doesn't matter if you get into the hobby with with a, a million bucks or ten bucks. There's something you can do. There's something you can you can find that'll probably uh, align with your fandom or things that you like, and, and that's the big thing is just collect what you like.
3: And hey, Doug, it's funny talking about it. You we you talk about money, then you talk about nostalgia. Like that Jordan card or one of your, you know, you, you know, expensive Shaq cards. Is there a price it can get to for you to get rid of it, or are you just holding on to it because you love this hobby? What's well, the Jordan I, one worth
2: now? The the Jordans probably the Jordan's probably about four grand or so right now. Uh, in the condition that I ha- in the condition that I have it. If you have like a, a Gem Mint Ten version, you're looking at probably a two hundred thousand dollar card. Uh, but. And what's crazy, I mean, this is a total side topic, but boxes of 1986 Fleer basketball, back at the time, they had a hard time selling those. And there was actually a time where if you had a card shop back then, Fleer was giving $10, store, $10 credit per box to send them back because people were having a hard <laughs> time moving them. But now those are probably quarter million dollar boxes of cards. But uh, I, I think for me... I say collect what you like. Part of what I like is stuff that will hold value. That's kind of what I tend to I just I tend to like things that might have a chance to hold value of my favorite players and, and stuff that uh I just think, you know, tells a story. I like I tend to like vintage uh vintage stuff a lot or stuff from, you know, my era, I guess uh 90s and earlier, but uh I guess anything in theory, anything in theory has a price tag, but I also like collecting things where I know like this i feel pretty safe with obviously the bottom could drop out on any market um you know in any item so when you buy a card you have to tell yourself like hey if this got to be worth nothing would i still enjoy having it and uh and for me because i got it you know i'm in it as a hobby first um that's you know i'm not going to get anything that i'm not just going to uh, enjoy enjoy owning but uh but yeah, I guess long and roundabout way to answer your question. In theory everything has a price, and part of what I like is stuff that I do feel good about, you know, that it will hold value. Um, that being said, I, I go for what I like first, not necessarily what people might be might be saying that you, you should buy this
1: or you should buy this because it's a you hobby uh, you can
2: enjoy any way you want it.
1: I'll give you two grand for that Jordan card right now. Nope. Mm. Twenty one hundred. Nope. Gonna take more. Eighteen hundred and uh, you know, a couple of lunches, a couple in and out gift cards. Yeah, a couple <laughs> in and out gift cards. Three grand. What if I offered three grand? Would you Would you consider
3: it?
2: Nah, because it's it's one of those. It is a very i i could I could get more than that. You know, on a on a a selling platform kind of thing, but. Uh, I would. Uh, I'd rather just sit on it because it's one of those things that even as the market fluctuates, I feel like uh, I feel like Michael Jordan's one of those one of those names, one of those brands, if you will, that is uh, is pretty safe and will always have a mystique and a cachet to it. You know, even thirty, forty years down the road. And that's something that also something else that's always been interesting is people have said because I do like the vintage stuff, and people have said, hey, but like in in fifty years, are kids going to know who, you know? Hall of Famers, but maybe not a guy at Jordan's level. Are kids going to know who Dominique Wilkins or Clyde Drexler are, or, you know, guys like that? And my counter argument is you look at the, everybody knows about the Honus Wagner card, 1909 T206 tobacco cards. Uh, Those cards, it's not just the Honus Wagner, that whole set has value and it's Cy Young and Christy Mathewson and and Ty Cobb and Walter Johnson and even a lot of the commons. Uh, There are still people to this day who religiously collect those uh, 1909 tobacco cards and, and a lot of the ones that came after it. So uh, I guess my answer to that would be, "Hey, look at these tobacco cards Nobody's, there's nobody here whose parents even saw those guys play, and uh, people are still into that stuff. so uh, I guess it's just finding your lane and, and
1: you know what you enjoy most. Would you sell your entire Channing Crowder collection for 75 dollars? I'm offering it right now.
2: No, because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that to my buddy. I, I feel you know what I mean like it's worth more it's worth more than that. There's a sentimental attachment.
3: Yeah, is it seventy-five 7, hundred, Hulk? Seventy-five hundred is a lot. Of I got, money. I
2: got some plans. I'm eyeballing some new additions to my Channing Crowder collection because it, it's very nice that that you've determined that I am the world's foremost collector of Channing Crowder cards. But in order to keep that title, I, you can't get too comfortable. You gotta be, you gotta be looking for, looking to build. You, you can't,
1: you gotta be, you gotta be one step ahead. I have ahead. a feeling that you can get comfortable in in, that
3: radic- in this particular lane. I kind of feel like you can afford to
1: get comfortable.
3: Can't get one of these, Doug. I'm holding a 1997 eighth grade football championship from the Gatorade North Georgia Football League. Would, would you like that? It's like a lucite. Trophy? Would you like him to autograph
1: that, you know, in a Sharpie? And then would you put that somewhere? You know what?
2: I would, I would even – I'll take it one step further. I'll trade you a Doug Plagans trophy from sometime <laughs> in the late 90s from hockey, and it might be a runner-up trophy for, for, for a Channing Crowder trophy. We got I me mean, listen,
3: this is
1: bargaining here, baby. I'm down. Something to think about. This reminds me of my old days hosting Tradio on WBGF in Belle Glade. <laughs> Listen, I'll throw in three weeks worth of feed for the pigs and, uh, and, the, oh, and the in the in the, spirit, blade. in the spirit of the upcoming NHL trade deadline. We're making this a three way deal now. That's right. We're gonna make this a three way deal. So, uh, all right, well, if you want to, you know, just think about it, Plagans, $50 is, is uh, on the table anytime you want to sell the entire Crowder collection. And you don't even have to send me the collection. You can hold on to it. I'll just give you the $50. It'll be like I'll, it'll be like you're, I'll vault it for you. Yeah, yeah, you'll be the vault. You'll be the vault you ain't worth a damn i'm just (laughs) doug Plagans, panthers game tonight fla live arena you can hear it on 96.5 fm hd2 thank you as always doug Plagans. thank you very much guys there you go have a little fun there Mm, (laughs) that's funny mm, mm. (laughs) he wouldn't part with it though he wouldn't even consider it and you're disrespectful He's like, I think I got, if I want to maintain my title of being the world's foremost Channing Crowder collector, I've gotta keep
3: uh I've gotta keep active.
1: Well I mean, do ya mm. <laughs>
3: There's some old lady in Gainesville, Florida right now running with him, I guarantee. Right, maybe,
1: you. maybe. All right, there you go. <laughs> Doug Plagans.
0: <sighs> spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com.